You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Bites, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at Slow Ride Pod. Hello and welcome to the 221st episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is 2018 Schwamigan winner Tim, the Super Rookie Hayes in Orlando, Florida. Hey, this is Daddy Shark Matt Allen in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, And this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts. So I know you guys are just waiting for me yeah. just to just to just to just let's just get straight to it. But I have right here in front of me a ticket. Yes. Because I got to London last week and I wow. got out of the train station and I was like, you know, I can see the future. I am on a high. I am on an unprecedented run of events. I am gonna keep this hot luck going. Not only did I destroy you guys in Schwamigan. I know for a fact that Alejandro Valverde is going to win the world championships in Innsbruck. And I went in, and as they say in the parlance, when I walked into the Ladbrokes uh, gambling center, I put a fiver on Valverde. Now, I must admit, I kind of messed up because I emailed you guys, what what do you guys want to put money on? But I didn't get it in time, and I could never go back to put your, your bets down. Yeah. Um, mine didn't pan out, but I I kind of wanted to put five on Rusty Woods at fifty five to one. Good, but um, anyways, Alejandro Valverde. They were four to one when I bought four okay. to one. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes so sense. Valverde takes a win. He was the favorite along with Ala Philippe. A bookie's a bookie's really nailed that one. Four to one was actually what it was there for the last uh, kilometer of the race. Even yep, that's what they yeah. meant. That's right. <laughs> okay, so let's get into it. Innsbruck, Austria, beautiful venue, one heck of a climb that they went up, I believe, seven times. Then a finishing climb that featured a 28% gradient before roughly a, like, what, 5K to go descent? Something like that, and like two flat Ks at the bottom or something? Yeah, Um, something like that. The final slowly whittled down. Everything got down to Valverde, um, Woods, Moscone, Dumoulin, Dumoulin. Uh, who there? Kind of, almost there. No, just those just, guys in Bardet. Bardet. And then, I mean, this, there's that Kennig guy from UK who put in a heck of an attack. Yeah, but he that was earlier. He got 16th place. He got 16th think, place. Yeah, it's true. We, we shouldn't go too far before we mention that, uh, I mean, the whole race is great, but I think, and the win for Valverde is good, but the best part of the race is when Woods puts in a dig and gets rid of, rid of Moscon. That, to me... Yeah. Was the best MVP. part of the whole race. Like, I—I I mean, I know he—he he got third, which is a great result, and he didn't get the win. But that—that that was the you biggest know, victory for the race for me because I was worried at that point. I will say, I was a little shocked at how many people worldwide do not want Moscone to like win that race. Like it was. Oh yeah, was unprecedented. Universal. Yeah. I was yeah. a little shocked. I thought like maybe it was just in our own little universe of rational thinking individuals, but. There's a lot of people that don't like that guy 
for a very yeah. good reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's a good reason. And, so that's heartwarming. And, yeah. So Valverde takes the sprint, not e- like leading from the front, not even really yeah. challenged. But um, anyways, what a wonderful thing. And you had the he beard challenge. Yeah, You're making it sound like they didn't try. Little guy, there's no way he was going to yeah. lose that. It was a great race. And it's it's the la- one hell of a capstone to an, a remarkable career. I don't know. The haters are already coming out. The Green Needle, you know, calling them all these different names. Yeah. And at the end of the day, if there's one individual that can carry on what Peter Sagan was able to accomplish with three years straight of wearing the World Championship jersey, it's Valverde. That World Championship jersey is going to be on the front of several races, always in the top 15, always just crushing it and it's going to be a thing of beauty next year and i can't wait for it i i agree i'm totally with you yeah i so hope anyway the the curse doesn't get him i i really hope he goes back and uh does like flanders are, this year are you suggesting that maybe my my guarantee that he wins mm-hmm. like maybe i'm counting my chickens too soon is that what you're suggesting there no i was I was, you're giving yourself a lot of credit for curses. And I know you have a pretty powerful curse, but there's that, the curse of the rainbow jersey that oh, pre Sagan okay. okay. was a pretty powerful curse. He seems to have gotten rid of that. And he did Maybe personally, yeah. personally go up onto the stage to uh, congratulate Valverde. So maybe he also transferred the good vibes. Is the that karma? The- is that like the start of a new tradition? Are we like watching the Masters golf tournament, right? Where the, the yeah. previous year's winner gives away the green jacket. And now Valverde next year will be handing it over to Sagan again. <laughs> I, I kind of hope so. I liked it. Like, I mean, it, it does feel like a thing that maybe only Sagan can pull off because he is, he can not do a good race at all and still be you know, I mean, one of the bigger stars in the race. This is pretty much a one-year rental for Valverde, right? Like this is, I mean, okay. Really, his his career's been a one-year rental for probably the last five years, right? Like every so, year, you're like, but ah, he's he's done, he's done, and then he comes yeah. back the next year, and you're like, well, it's a sympathy year, okay, and then he crushes it, and you're like, okay, well, you know, he's done this year for sure, and then he comes back and he crushes it, and. I don't know, man. You just gotta gotta respect that. So, before we get into women's races at the World Championships, can we talk a little bit quickly about the kits? I mean, I always like seeing the World Championship kits and what we've got, but can someone tell me, I know it was brought up on Twitter, why Canada has blue on their jersey? They have, have no arguably, the, the greatest flag in all of the world. Yeah. And just red and white. Like, man, it would have been great to see Michael Woods take the win. But a little bit less so with that ugly jersey he was forced to be able to wear. And I, I got to admit, I kind of wanted Woods to, like, Valverde was a shoe and Like, we all wanted that. But, man, after listening to, like, the these interviews with uh, Michael Woods after his, like, win at the Vuelta, like, I, oh, man, the VO2 max. I kind of wanted Woods to take the championship. Right. I I was comfortable with any of those guys I mean, winning. Like that was a great move because I was like, I, I like all these riders and I would love to see them all. Even in Dumoulin yeah, too. I mean, any one sure. of those guys would have won and I would have been like, that's the joy. I think the best thing about cycling is that you can get to that point in a race where it's great to watch, but you, you've got to, you like every yeah, guy. You yeah. Know? Now, yeah. Tim, I, 
I want to circle back to uh, to what you were saying about the kits because you got away with some audacious uh, sentiment there, like calling out Canada's kit when we just all saw Valverde on the top step of that podium in that Spanish kit because that thing <laughs> is maybe the worst thing I've laid eyes on. But is it one of these things where it's so bad? It's no, good? no, it's not. No. I, well, like like it's, like, it's got a good. little lamprey in it, you know, just the right amount of uh, like it's it's so... got a little little bit of Ronald McDonald in it, and that's about so, it. Not <laughs> do, you know you know what they need to do. Years, do, do yeah. you know what they need to do, Spencer? They need to get like the Spanish Cycling Federation needs to get a sponsorship with like two thousand four time, so they can have those old time shoes, the red and yellow. Also, like nineteen ninety eight, Tim. Like you are you are subtracting a decade okay. out somewhere. So, Okay, so 2008 was probably when I bought them at the yeah. bike swap. Or or as they say in, uh, what do they call it in the UK again? The bike the jumble. Um, jumble. The bike jumble. Uh, jumble. The bike jumble. Um, yeah, but those are pretty bad. They're, they're, they're the, beyond bad. They're, they're awful. They're the worst. They were the worst thing in the Peloton. And let so, me just say, that's impressive because there are some countries that have historically done a pretty poor job with kits. And and Spain is a one of those powerhouse countries that you know they pay attention to it. It's going to be on the front page of the paper. You know, it's it's not like uh, Ireland where they have so, the one token Irish guy in the race. Um, no, they had two in the break. <laughs> then they both dropped. Well, out. I mean, it yeah. was amazing. Historically, always just the one random Irish. They have guy. a lot of riders. But, can we talk? Okay, what about the? What do you guys think of the Italian kit with like the big Suzuki sponsorship? I kind of liked it in the weird like. <laughs> is that a national championship kit or are they the team leaders in the team competition kit? Like it looked just uh, a little it, like retroactive. It, it hearkened to the uh, the small third tier Italian team enough that like I do I did kind of appreciate that like aesthetic. Um, but uh, yeah, again talking about teams with blue on their kit that had no business having blue on their kits like. That's a thing. I think they have a reason. There's some sort of reason with the royal thing. They're the Azuri. I'm, sh- I'm sure yeah, Canada does too. <laughs> I just don't know what it is. Yeah, maybe. We, nobody pays attention to Canada. I'm sorry, Canada, but it's true. I, I think when in, when in doubt, put blue on your kit. Yeah. Top place American, 63rd place, Brent Brookwalter. Bookwalter, yeah. sorry. Just right behind friend of the pod, Tom Skewns of Latvia in 62nd place. Um, I mean, overall, I think the biggest disappointment I had was that uh, Roglic kind of just disappeared. Um, I know crashed. he had like, I know he had a crash. I know, and it looked like he was maybe going to get back on. He, but, yeah, he was there man. for a while. It looked like he cramped up and just lost that group. I mean, every time they showed that ski jump on the top of the mountain, you know that they were like, "Oh man, what, Roglic, he's coming home." You know, like the, like there's so many stories that could be written in like the ma- the mass mm-hmm. media. Yeah. Like US USA Today would be like, We're also, uh, what am I kidding? They're not. We've also glossed this. over in the finale here uh, the ride by uh, Michael Valgren, who I know is a little guy favorite. Yes, yeah, that was impressive. Yeah, that was a that was and a that's a good ride. looking kit. That's a good looking yeah. kit. The Danes they did it right. Danes always get it right. Yeah, he's yeah. That was an impressive ride. I mean, I didn't. I thought it would go the way it did. He got caught on that last climb. It was he, too much, but that was that took some. Uh, Took some yeah, gumption. It uh, did. To and uh, he, jump he, away before that big hill and try to solo. For sure. I like that dude. He he's nothing. Hung on to seventh place. Yeah, I know. 
He's he is. I mean, yeah, he had a great season, obviously, yeah. and people know about him. But he's he is gonna be a force in the next. People few do years. know about him, but like I had forgotten about him. You know what I mean? Like I just like if you had mentioned his name, I'd remember him. But thinking about this race, I didn't. He didn't pop into my brain space about worlds. Yeah. And the second he got off the front with. 10 or 15 K to go. I was like, uh Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> that that's a dark horse. <laughs> I didn't think about. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably what went was, through some of the teams too, it, where they were like, who's that? And somebody said Valgren and they're like, Oh, Oh yeah. <laughs> Forgot about that guy. I mean, I don't it think was, about him climbing that way either, but he, he did. He's been up there in Amstel and stuff. Yeah. So. I do love the, um, the lack of race radios in these races. Br- yep. Just bring just a little yeah. bit of chaos. Um, the, the thing that sticks out to me the most was uh, GVA Van, uh, Van Avermet uh, went mm-hmm. for an attack early, mm-hmm. and he had that uh, Fraley gentleman from Spain. Yep. I'm trying to think who else was with him, but Fraley was not pulling through, and you know he was, he and I was like, oh, I don't know, man. Like I understand you have team orders for Valverde, but this could have been like the, this could have been the moment. Yeah, your time to right? shine. Yeah, but he can't take your time well, to shine. He's in, like. No, he well, he's a better climber than GVA. What's he gonna do? Pull GVA <laughs> to the line and get out sprinted? Yeah. Well, I think that. Yeah. yeah. I think I would have maybe worked just a little bit with him, just a little bit to maybe tire GVA out a little bit more. You know, like maybe go pull a couple, like three or four times, so you get like a maybe forty second gap, and then then start sitting on the back. It just seemed really. Uh, it would have yeah. made racing a little bit more exciting, but yeah. I guess. Yeah. I, all in all, I thought it was a good race. I, Worlds are always so let's, one of my favorite races of the year. So. Let's swerve over into the women's okay. race because um, I did not have the opportunity to watch all of it, but I do want to uh, point out, as uh, Spencer, you did on the uh, Slow Ride Pod Twitter account, was uh, American road racing legend Megan Garnier goes out um, on top with a 16th place finish. So uh, that was really cool to see. <laughs> it was it was um, ideal. It was perfect. Um now, and then the top uh, three, you have uh, Anna Vandenbergen, uh, winner of the Olympic road race, taking the world championships, Amanda Spratt of Australia second, and then Tatiana Guzzero of Italy in third place. I think, um, I think um, you needed a longer pause there between Anna Vandenbergen and then announcing second place <laughs> and third place. Yes. Because. Yeah. Like maybe a good solid three and a half Yeah. Minutes. Yeah. It, uh, it was. For all the worry and and talk uh, about the Dutch team and would they work together, I don't know if it even would have mattered uh, because Vandenbergen was head and shoulders above uh, everyone in that race. No. And and I know people are going to say Van Vluten broke her knee during the race and still finished seventh. That's pretty yeah. good. Pretty good. But you know, it's pretty good. I've done better, but it's pretty good. Now, the big disappointment on our end was that uh, world champion Lisa Klein from the trade team time trial world championship mm-hmm. had to drop out before the race even mm-hmm. started due to uh, illness. Little, little too so, much uh, partying after the victory, maybe after getting the the stripes. But I thought it was a bike. Did problem. you? Were you guys able to watch? Like, can you tell me a little bit about how uh, Vanderbregen put on such a show? I yeah. Mean, what's the yeah. Like we were all assuming Van Vluten was going to win. We were. And then um, I open up the papers. I see Van der Breggen. Well, Van Vluten, as I mentioned, uh, was 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 held up in a crash, uh, a pretty nasty looking crash. It took down a bunch of the uh, bunch of folks in the field. They hit a um, 
some traffic furniture in the middle of the road uh, that the Peloton didn't quite swerve around in time, kind of took out a bunch of people in the, in the middle of the pack. Um, and I guess, yeah, she broke her knee during that and rode the rest of the last 90 K and, and finished seventh. So can't, can't imagine, uh, having to do that, but, um, uh, Corinne Rivera went off the front, um, pretty early on, like 50, 60 K, something like that to go, um, which had a lot of people talking like, Whoa, what's going on here? And, uh, she looked really good for a while. Um, but eventually was she by herself? She was solo for a long time. Eventually, she she, she got uh, she picked up some other riders and stuff. But um, it it looked good, like it was a respectable move. Um, but eventually, brought back. Didn't she do that last year? I don't remember. I don't remember. I I think I tend to remember recall that she's tried the brakes before a couple. Times it was. World it's definitely but... not the sprinters course, you know. So you saw yeah. Van Evermont, you saw Corinne Rivera, like these sprinters trying something else which is great like i like to see that you know they're not just like riding it to ride it and whatever um dropping out after four exactly yeah like giving it giving it they're all going for it you know you never know um but uh but yeah when uh when vandenbergen finally threw down amanda spratt was able to go with her and that those were two of the big favorites outside of um van vluten so you knew you knew it was game on when when she went and she eventually dropped uh, Amanda Spratt who held on for second and uh, that's just kind of how it played out. It exploded with forty k to go. Okay, well, um, congratulations to them. Uh, do you have um, any last uh, lasting thoughts beyond like? I feel that we we've been big fans of Valverde for a while. Right. And I feel that it's a, a stance that we always have to defend to a, a level of <laughs> like, right. Like I think that there's, there's just a lot yeah. of folks like we see it on the Facebook, the slow ride podcast uh, experience zone that we've got where like people will leave comments about like, Oh, anybody but Valverde. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, is it totally a ridiculous love that we have for uh, this guy that we want him to do? Yeah. Well? Like how do we explain this to the new listeners here? Because <laughs> After that Australian bump, I mean, people are going to be like, well, they could be turning us off right now, but mm-hmm. going like Valverde, and it's just such mm-hmm. a, you know, mm-hmm. muddy waters to navigate, I guess. it's You know, poets have written for ages about love, and no one's really ever nailed it down, Tim. I don't know if we're going to be able to really suss it no, out Let's here. give it a shot. Um, <laughs> no, I, th- I think... Uh, I. I <sighs> It's so hard to describe because, you know, you're like, yeah, he's obviously got this asterisk next to his name, Operation Porto. Um, He served a ban. He came back. You're right to be suspicious of the guy. um, But at the same time, you're like, well, it was a long time ago. Well, you know, he obviously served his time. Like there's there's those two sides of the argument. Right. And then there's the he's 38 years old. This is incredible. Uh, And he's been on the podium so many times so consistently like this is great like there's so many different angles to look at it and um whether you love him or hate him you know i don't know it's it's tough to hate the way that he races you know what i mean exactly he makes the racing really he does and he gives it in every race like you were saying uh before you know like it doesn't matter if it's the tour of abu dhabi or worlds like he is going for it if he's there and it's crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, there's a cloud of suspicion for sure. And it's because he comes out of an era where basically everybody deserved it. And, uh, 
whether they do or not now is still up for debate, I guess, but it's eh, people it still do. Somebody got, <laughs> I forget, somebody got popped per EPO like, oh, oh, I, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to be politically correct here, but yeah, yeah. They, they apparently yeah, yeah. definitely part of the Peloton, uh, still partakes. Um, I mean, but I think it's obviously a lot less than it used to be. I don't know Valverde. I can't say one way or the other, uh, you know, whatever, but testing being what it is and the entertainment value being what it is. Uh, I think that's what we have to, that's just what we have to accept as cycling fans is like, they're doing the best they can, whether, whether or not it's properly funded or whatever else, like these are this, the rules we have to play with there, the boundaries we have to play within is like, if we catch them, we will, if we haven't, well, then let them race. So, Little guy, what what do you have to say about uh, Valverde that you haven't that Spencer did not just touch off on so eloquently, like like <laughs> Robert know. Frost? Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'm with you. If he's still doping consistently, he is the greatest doper of all time because he's got a system. If that's the case, he's got a microdosing system that nobody else has. Is so, this like a system he's going to sell like later? Like, yeah, like we, on HLN? Like he's going to be on gets, the Home Shot Network? Yeah, I've got a system for you. I mean, if that's the case <laughs> alone, we should give him a little love because it's it's impressive. I don't know. I'm gonna, about, I have to, it's cycling. you got to suspend a little bit of belief. You know, just, yeah. just like if, to really sit back and this. enjoy. And we've touched on this before. I think that just to reiterate, if he was in the same shoe, if he was a, an English speaking athlete of the level of some of the other athletes that have come back from similar doping offenses, he would be, I, I believe treated at such a high esteem, like, Oh, it's in the past, but for American and English cycling media, it's kind of that it's the complete Mm -hmm. other. And it's just something that they can't accept that. And I feel there's that bias in there without a doubt. And that's that to me. That's that's some major frustration. Well, and and yeah. a lot of Anyways. a lot of people are critical because he never really accepted any blame, you know, which is that's completely completely leg- yeah. legitimate. Uh, you know, a lot of people were like, "Yeah, I did it. I'll take my two years. Okay, bye." You know, and he was just like, "I never did anything wrong," and uh, so that's that's how I became a Scarponi fan, man, because he was the the guy in Puerto who was like, "Yep." Not that, you know, there weren't some question marks after that, but, you know, I don't know. So he started in 2002 with Calme Costa Blanca. Yep. Dirty, dirty, dirty. (laughs) But some of the best looking kits of all time. The the vertical stripe, green kind of gradient to blue. That's questionable. It's so good it's bad or bad it's good or whatever. But yeah, sure. So little guy. Yep. Who was the team lead? Who were the team leaders of Kelme in 2002? Uh, probably Botero was on the team. And Botero, Escarton. yeah, Escarton. Botero. Uh, um, no, Escarton not on the, the, the team other yet? one is Sevilla. Oscar Sevilla. 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 Yeah. He's still riding. Is he still oh, riding yeah. too? He's wow. t- he's riding for like wow. a Colombian team. He got his bike stolen uh, when he's out training like a month ago. Oh, Something like man. that. Well, it is a quite the time to be alive. I was able to watch that on <laughs> NBC Sports Gold Network. That's and what everybody it was said. Awesome. I think no. that the Twitter started blowing up. Um, we didn't even get into the whole betting. Yeah, thing where are you going to spend all this cash? Like, I I imagine the fiver you put down on him uh, probably pays out at least 
three, four, five thousand uh, pounds. I, I've got a little bit of an issue. Now, I know this isn't a high-def camera that you guys can uh-huh. see, but I mm-hmm. kept this receipt in my wallet. Maybe the humidity, maybe just the <laughs> Costanza wallet of keeping all my receipts from my travels. Mm-hmm. The ink has started to go a little bit. So I'm thinking, so I got to I gotta keep this in a in a climate neutral like yeah. setting. You don't um, have like an old baseball card you it, can take it's out gonna and throw away and stick it pounds. in. It's going to pay 25 pounds. So I, I bet five pounds, I'm going to get 25 pounds. Um, How long do you have to I, redeem this? When is your next business trip? Well, that's the question. So- there is not any type of uh, terms and conditions on the back. And then any type of writing on the front is so faded that I can't read it. So I'm sure that these are real stand-up individuals at a, uh, a sports book um, yeah. that they're going to walk me through the whole process to... Uh, <laughs> yeah, they love to, they love to get Americans this. come in with, with shoddy uh, wallet-stained receipts. Yeah. They're, they're just like, please... Maybe you can mail it to one of our like, UK listeners. So good, I, I should be able to. But I, you know, when I went into the uh, the Ladbrokes there, they have a they have a big computer screen. It's all touch. Mm-hmm. It was very very difficult to find the cycling world championships, <laughs> even though it was on like the next day. They had American yeah. football. They had the weather. They had so many things that I could bet on. And then, well, they didn't have the weather, but they had basically the entire <laughs> kitchen sink. And yeah, no, I, I agree. It's true it like that. I had to type in UCI. And when I typed in UCI, like something came up with like the Buick Open or something. Like there was, I don't even remember, yeah. but it was something like where the letters U, UCI were first. And then I was like, oh my gosh, that wasn't Buick Open. But, you know, it was very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, it was pretty funny. But I did find it that the odds were were long across mm-hmm. the board. I The Michael Woods definitely was uh, getting some interest when I saw that because I was like, ooh, Mr. VO2 Max is going to crush it. God. He did. But he did, but he's still not as good as Steve Bauer. And so he's going to have to go back next year and just crush it. Do you like that? Name from the past. There you go. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the beauty of him just riding Moscon until he just oh. broke, oh. just just that was that is, so good. crumbled in front of the camera was just a thing of beauty that I'm never going to forget. It was. It, yeah. We, so I I think Mitch Docker is probably still listening to this point of the pot. He hasn't turned us off just yet. Mitch, next time you see uh, Mister Vo Two Max, give him a big hearty handshake from the guys at the Slow Ride Pod for Please just do. dropping Moscone. Yeah. Oh man. Um. <laughs> one one last thing about Worlds before we move on is yeah um, the guy who won Junior Worlds, he won both the time trial by a couple minutes, and then he crashed in the Junior Men's race. Mm-hmm. And had was like a couple minutes back, and like went back, caught up, and soloed. Basically, uh, he rides like a Dutch woman. He's so good. Yeah, and he's ridiculous. So he's turn. He's junior. He's only been cycling for like a year and a half or something, and he's turning pro with Quick Step next year. This is the Remco. Yeah, this kid is ridiculous. So So anyway, turning pro with Quick Step next year. We got to keep our eyes on this. Okay. Um, Name he he absolutely crushed that junior race with having like a bunch of problems. Um, Also, if you go back and watch highlights in the juniors race, it's even though it's the best juniors in the world, it's still a juniors (laughs) race. A lot of crashing, a lot of stupid crashes. The um, I love it. The uh, the shout outs that I like to give, you know, kind of like 
because the world championships is cool because you have the every country shows up even though it's totally weighted for the big countries to get you know more starters but um third place in the u23 men's race was yako hannanen of finland that was really cool to see a finnish rider at the uh the top level yeah um rohan dennis won the uh time trial a minute and 20 over tommy dumoulin and victor talk about burying the lead congratulations rohan in the country of australia uh, for our Australian listeners uh, out there, <laughs> yeah. you know, that was a big yeah. victory for them. And then uh, Annemiek Van Vluten did not come away empty-handed with a 30-second uh, win in the women's time trial over Anna Vandenbregen. Um, the other big news that came out from what I saw is, uh, I guess I haven't seen the full like report of how the UCI is going to be changing rules again. Oh, yeah. You know, like if they've decided to ban anything new or anything like that. They always, or like if they're going to have a new sticker on the frame. I feel like that's something that always comes up like, oh, it's a new sticker design mm-hmm. this year. But they did announce Snowshoe, West Virginia, coming into the UCI Mountain Bike World Cup next year. And they're going to be hosting a downhill race as well. Um, the downhill race, from what I understand, is going to be right after the World Championships in Mount mm-hmm. St. Anne. I'd probably have to listen to uh, Crosshairs Radio to get the the full details on this. Maybe visit his Twitter feed. But Snowshoe, West Virginia... Guys, I'm just throwing this out there. You're going to start downhilling. I've never been to sn- No, but Mountain Bike World Cup. Yeah. Coming to the States. West Virginia. Cool. Yeah. Old Mountain yeah. Homes, yeah, West take Virginia. Me home. Like, Take me home. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, I'm just throwing it out there. All right. All right. Uh, we can. September. Yeah, that sounds that sounds okay. fine. We'll, we'll talk about that. Um, yeah, yeah. Seems so into the idea. Yeah, I'm really. I'm I would fi- go. No, it's it's a fine idea. Um, I didn't want to leave uh, worlds quick before we uh before we got to the last race. Uh, that wasn't mentioned was the uh, junior women's race, which was also won by a, per, uh, woman who had just been racing for like it was her second road race. She was like a professional really? mountain what? bike racer. Um, okay. and had been you know training for worlds and everything and was in great shape and all. And they were like, yeah, okay. Um, you can, you can do road worlds and nice. she crushed it and, uh, won a, like a three or four up sprint, um, for the victory there. That one, I didn't see that race. I only saw a clip of the finish, but everybody's saying that was the most exciting race of the weekend. Um, even more exciting oh, than okay. Valverde's win. So if you check one out, maybe, maybe go rewind the tapes and watch that one. That's crazy. Um, this was I saw this kind of late breaking. I didn't see the full details before we went to the podcast, but uh, I think it was Cycling News was reporting that they're going to slowly over the next four years roll out a minimum throughout the women's the top tier of the women's yeah on a minimum salary by, of like twenty by twenty twenty like, it's, it's legit yeah by twenty twenty they're going to uh, require a thirty eight thousand dollar or thirty eight thousand euro minimum salary, which is the same as the men's, which is. Yeah, which is yeah. great. It's amazing. I was really impressed. And I, I didn't get to see there was some way they're going to slowly roll it out like five teams at a time to well, lessen the blow or whatever. Yeah, they're but. starting with five World Tour women's teams because they're they're creating the World Tour for women and yep. in continental level, obviously. Um, so they're, they're starting it out with five uh, World Tour level women's teams that will have that minimum salary. So that's fantastic. That's, Absolutely. Do you think that they're going to also maybe require that races exist for women at the level that they should? 
i.e. a... I assume know, that they're working on that. Um, you know, okay. I wasn't at the meetings, um, so I don't know that much more than you. Uh, but it seems like we're moving in a good direction. Like, this is a very good step, you know? True, and true. I think the minimum wage is huge. It's massive. That's, that's gigantic, because the, the, the salaries on the women's side were... Yeah, not they, not, not existent. <laughs> they were non-existent. Yeah, not exi- well, no, not, it's definitely not existent a lot of time. But even even like people were there were paid, there not, were women not, on pro teams that had to buy their own bikes because the team wouldn't provide them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it is, it is so, le- it is like amateur level professional teams. You know what I mean? Is the secret is the secret out at this point that women's <laughs> professional racing is by far the best bang for your buck that sponsors could have? I think so. I mean, the athletes are amazing. The race action is great. It's only going to continue to grow. This, I mean, I think so. I think I think it is they, clearly so the best bang for your buck. Uh, I I think some of the most exciting racing out there. Not to not to take anything away from men's cycling. You know, obviously uh, there are great races there too. But um, you know, if you're sleeping on women's cycling, you're 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 missing a lot of good stuff. And you know, I mean, I put my money where my mouth is like wide angle podium sponsors Katie Compton, like with cash money, because we know like that's, that's where the value is. That's where, you know, the exciting racing is. And that's where we can have an impact as a, as a small brand, you know? So absolutely. Well, I think that the, uh, that's exciting to hear. Um, that's some good news coming out of the world championships in Innsbruck, Austria. And, uh, let's roll into the preem lap and, uh, then we got to come back and talk about Jingle Cross. So remember it and uh, yeah, enjoy your Star Ride podcast. Thanks for listening to the Slow Ride podcast, a member of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Once again, we'd like to direct your attention to Grimper Brothers uh, and our Wide Angle Podium Network website so you can go and get some full Schleck blend coffee. Uh, mm-hmm. Opportunity to wake up with some of the best coffee in your cup. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty stoked on that. This supports the network. So it's a good good way to uh, help us out to uh, to pay for it. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Grimper, uh, they source uh, really high-quality coffee beans. They roast them themselves uh, right before they get packaged up and shipped out to you so you know you're getting the freshest stuff. And um, the Full Schleck is a light roast. Uh, it's a celebration of flavors. Uh, I don't know how best to describe it. I mean, if you... If you have seen Frank climbing the Alpe d'Huez uh, to victory with the uh, Luxembourg um, jersey kind of fluttering uh, <laughs> off to the sides, you know you know the feeling that this like that jolt mm. that you feel when you see that image is is what you're gonna get in your cup every morning, and that's that's what we're going for. Exactly. Yeah, it's been a lifesaver to me. I no longer have to just have that video on repeat in the kitchen to wake myself up in the morning. <laughs> it's really, it's really changed my morning routine. It's oh. made it a little tastier, I gotta say. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you're over there buying the full Schleck blend, uh, how about you know you can also pop over get some of that Helen Wyman blend, mm-hmm. support her too because she just uh, crushed a race this weekend. We will be talking about it in a minute, but you know. Uh, Lots. They've got lots of good things going on over there. They so. do. 
Check ours out. They do. Check out and those. yeah, you you ordered up. They roasted up. It shows up in your in your mailbox. It's it's a win win win. So yeah, head over to grimperbrothers.com. Uh, grab a grab a bag of full schleck. And uh, we'd also like to remind you we got uh, a wide angle podium app. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably have a podcast player of some kind. But did you know we have our own? Um, you can find that on the uh, Apple iTunes or Apple app store and the google app store uh download that get all the shows from one angle podium like crosshairs radio uh bike shop cx and uh, all the other great content uh we're hoping to push a lot of new stuff through there uh you know in the near future so it'd be awesome if you uh could do that because it's free and then you'll know when all the shows uh get released i love the um i love the app because spencer not the most organized person as you know i had a stroke um, but I like how it, it raises up to the top, the, the shows that are new, yeah. the new episodes, which is pretty cool. So I think people should definitely check it out. It's the easiest way to, uh, listen to the shows and to, um, join up the, uh, the wide angle podium yep. fun. And, so, uh, I know you yeah. mentioned it briefly earlier, but, uh, if, if folks are still on Facebook, um, I don't know if they are, or if they've, um, you know decided their their personal security and brand uh, is more you know their financial information is more <laughs> worthwhile uh, to them but if you are still on Facebook we do have a very exciting um, official slow ride podcast uh, fan experience zone uh, group that you can join on there a uh, lot of chatter going on about all the racing I'm sure there'll be a bunch of uh, Valverde jokes um, and things but um, yeah I mean if you listen to the emails we read uh week by week on the show you know some of our listeners are uh you know maybe better at the comedy than we are so uh you know you want the real stuff head on over there and 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 get signed up <laughs> cool. uh this is Stephen hyde with cannondale cyclocrossworld.com and you are listening to the slow ride podcast okay. yeah yeah So you guys, big news and cross this weekend. I was inspired well, guy, by Rusty we Woods, there, and I got we... uh, uh. okay. Tim, what? Well, I was gonna say before we get there, we have uh, like we always do. We have our emails that oh. uh, I just want to give a quick shout out to um, Brandon Masterman. We got your email. We're gonna be taking a, a deep dive into that uh, between us, and then also wanted to give a shout out to. Um, Jeremy Spofford, who uh, hooked us up with a quick one. He says, gentlemen, after hearing that you guys were looking for a replacement race ride for Schwamigan, I would like to throw Southern Cross into the ring for consideration. It is a very climby gravel race in the mountains of North Georgia, an excellent challenge for the podcast. See the link below for all the details, and you may want to take a look at the result sheet from this year, and it may inform your decision. So, of course, when you go... And you check the uh, the results. Who do you guys see near the uh, the top in third place finisher from last uh, year? Expert Michael category. Woods. Yeah, you know, he would Michael must Woods. be Michael Woods. I mean, with um, a VO two max like that, like who else could it be? Yeah. Well, you would think maybe it's Christian Vandeveld. No. Or maybe, maybe it's maybe it's Maddie Boucher. But no, oh. it's actually George Hincapie. So we may have to go to this race. Just throw it. Like it. It's a good suggestion. So we'd like to thank uh, Jeremy for that one, and uh, we'll keep it in mind. And uh, with that, little guy, 
I know you're chomping at the bit. You oh, seem yeah, really excited before. about Psychocross for some reason, and I don't understand why. I'm super excited about Psychocross because I got super inspired by watching Michael Woods ride a third place this morning. So I went out and rode a third place. Woo, I did it. I got, got a medal. Wait a second. Now, I got a medal. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got on a podium. I, I was just going to ask. Now, did you bring your bike with you to the podium? No. Okay. Now, did you bring any did you other bring your- accessories with you to the podium? I had pants on. The other guys didn't. That's, Does that count? Whoa, you had pants on? You brought but they didn't. Pants, so you weren't wearing your kit? I had my kit on, but I had my like okay. pants on afterwards because it was cold. So I left my pants on. So that's pretty bad. Are they cargo pants? What kind of pants are they? Jeans? I don't, they're, they're like, I don't think it matters. My pants that I warm up in for cycle cross yeah. races. So they're oh, like they're cycling pants. pants. Okay. Like 35 years ago. Yeah. Okay. It was, I was on brand. That's, I, think. That's, I, was, I, was, I looked super. That should be fine. I don't think I brought anything up if I remember right. Hmm. A bucket? No, I didn't bring a bucket. I didn't bring anything. I just brought up my winning smile. Okay. And I I have a question. What? Now, a few okay. years ago, when the when the whole podium bucket thing started, and people are just gonna have to go back and find that episode because I don't even know where it is anymore. Um, That's a long. You time used ago, to yeah. you used to head to the races with something weird in your trunk, so yeah. that when you got on the podium, you could bring it up. Now the fact mm. that you don't have anything does that? I'm a little. I'm a little concerned. Like, have you? Are you undervaluing undervaluing your uh, athletic ability here, little guy? No, I think I'm valuing it correctly <laughs> in that I very rarely uh, get any sort of okay. result anymore, especially since having a kid. So, um, I am valuing it. Yeah, just right. So I did. It didn't even cross mm. my mind. Truthfully, I got to admit it. I I I I put my out been on after racing and i rode around trying to not die were you shocked that you got third place like you're like oh i got third like and then you you're like i already got my pants on now eh, well i'm just gonna go <laughs> i wasn't totally shocked but i was like i was surprised they didn't blow up and crack so three-fourths of the way through the race that's what so i you thought got third would place, happen solid solid result in third place yeah yep. now yep. i know just a few hours south was jingle cross a uci world cup weekend yeah kind so of a smaller race remiss, than what i was at i'd be remiss yeah. to ask how many people were in this field well are we going by category or field my field the whole field there was like 15 or 16 dudes 16 wow okay and then how many in the one two category well technically i mean only four i think but you know that's because a lot of the guys just wanted that 35 plus did you get money. third overall in the race or did you get like you know I got you got like over- eighth place but no. you're the third one too so. i got third overall this race last year i got fifth overall but i got third in my category and that that was an embarrassing podium i didn't feel like i earned yeah it. this time at least i got third and then i was third so, so. Yeah. all right well solid result um spencer and i did not race no. this weekend oh it's <laughs> weird that's um, weird. I did get a good ride in. Um, uh, I'm I'm still uh, personally I'm still recovering from Schwamigan, uh from the massive effort I put out there to uh, to win um, based on two disqualifications <laughs> on you guys' part. Oh, well, I, so, I took an extra big effort. Uh, so let's get into uh, let's was get some into sort it. of race, some sort let's of big get, race this weekend. Okay, in cross. Yes, we already know the answer. It's Jingle Cross, right? <laughs> oh, Jingle Cross. Like like look, I'm not playing this game anymore. Jingle Cross. Here's my Wait. question for you. Vout Van Art looking okay yeah. in the uh, black shorts. He's got the world championship stripes. Yeah. But wasn't racing like a world championship champion this weekend. I mean, 
he's there, but Toon is just on a... Toon's Toon, good right now. Toon Ertz with the win in the men's Jingle Cross race on Saturday. Kind of a muddy um, field, but I want to get back to that. I want to get back to the men's race in a minute because the story of the weekend, as far as I'm concerned, American Katie Keogh taking the win in the Women's World Cup. Um, fantastic. I mean, we've known Katie Keogh, like I've w- watched her race for about a dozen years at this point from when we first went to Planet Bike Cup in, in uh, Madison was kind of the first time I had ever seen her race live and in person. Um, always been strong. I think that there's definitely um, Ellen Noble's second place at uh, Trek was like the highlight. And I almost like admittedly kind of forgot about Katie Keogh because the focus was on Ellen Noble's great win. And then Katie Keogh just absolutely slays it in the mud. And it was so much fun to watch. And I was like, oh, my God, we have three of the best women in cyclocross are from the United States Mm -hmm. right now. Like that is so awesome to see. So major props to Katie Keogh for yeah. the win in Iowa City. Yeah, that was a great was, race too. And it was really yeah. good to watch after all the years we went and raced muddy late yes. season jingle crosses. And then the last few years since it's been a World Cup, it's been fast and dry and hot. And that's not jingle No, cross. that's not, not jingle cross supposed to be. And this, I mean, obviously we didn't have the snow and cold and all that jazz, but at least it was muddy, slippery. You got to watch all the riders grind up those brutal climbs at like three miles an hour. Like you're supposed to, you're not supposed to go fast up those climbs. You're supposed to barely make it up and watching them, like watching in that women's race when, uh, like first lap or two or whatever, Voss like elected to run and just open up a huge gap on folks that were trying to ride and were just eating it. It was great. It was such great racing. Awesome. I didn't know, like I, I didn't watch it live. I watched the, the women's on tape delay. Um, but I didn't know who won. Like I watched the whole uh, race. Did did they race before the men or after? They raced after. 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 So they got after. So two weeks in a row of the women being the marquee mm-hmm. race. <clears throat> I think that's the awesome. whole season, isn't it? For World Cups? Or are they just doing it in the U.S. ones? Like that. I don't know. I don't know. I guess we probably should listen to like Crosshairs Radio for that answer. Yeah. But we'll figure that out. But anyway. I will yeah. say that the... The, the course was definitely deteriorating by the time the women got to the race. But uh, Marianne Voss. Well, it, uh, it, it poured man. rain uh, between the two races, like the men's race finished. And then it started pouring rain as the women were staging for about five minutes. Yeah. And then it stopped raining. So everything was just nice and wet and greasy. Uh, and nobody had any chance to pre-ride any of it in those conditions. So it was... Which is awesome. It made for a ridiculous start um, to the race. But yeah, like great racing from the gun. Um, Mariana Voss looking Eva awesome. Lechner. Eva Lechner looking awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all, yeah, all the, all the big hitters were there. Sophie DeBoer looking awesome. Like it's been a, a little while. Like you, you know, you kind of forget that she is really good <laughs> at cyclocross when she's, uh, when she's and focused. She was starting second yeah. row. Starting second row, um, <clears throat> pointed out by Douglas Niper that uh, she was uh, almost going uh, with the full Schleck because of the the heat was starting up on the race, right? Like it seemed that there was like an over correction for the rain, and then well, that yeah, that was part of the, the chaos. Happened. Was like everybody yeah. was trying to decide on the start line, like 
do I have the right tires? Do I have the right gloves? Do I need a jacket? Yeah. Like what? A, you know, like everybody's freaking out because it was pouring rain, and then it stopped. So, so yeah, Marianne Voss, and then Evie Richards takes second place. That was amazing. Um, and then uh, that was Katie Keogh with the victory. I mean, it was it was pretty cool to see Katie Keogh win. Um, yeah. So, do you uh, do you guys have anything else to add on the women's race before we get into Tune Arts's victory on the men's side? No. No, but just so. definitely go back so I, and watch oh, uh, it. Uh, I think that they we should we should give a shout out to um Sammy Reynolds' teeth uh because she knocked at least one of them out yes. <laughs> during the race. Oh, really? I heard she crashed. I'm I'm not sure exactly uh the details of this, but um a spectator picked up her tooth and saved it for her, so ah. it uh it did get put back in and uh she's, you know, a uh, mouthful of uh, pearly whites again, so uh-oh. She put a picture up on uh, with the dentist, yeah. like like it was immediate, like right after the uh, um, the race that uh, yeah, she, she went there and she, she still finished, finished the race, knocked her tooth out. She was like top twenty, like eighteenth, nineteenth, something like that. Knocked her tooth out, finished the race in like thirtieth or so, and um, and then went straight to the, the dentist chair and got patched up. So the men's race takes a start line um i watched this and i was i found myself yelling at my tv screen about 10 seconds into the start of the coverage when the men were on the start line and whoever was the american camera operator wasn't zooming in on the tires like my favorite thing about cyclocross start line is i want to see the face i want to see the name underneath and then i want to see the quick pan down to see what the tire tread looks like and they got like six people in before you could the guy probably got like an alert in his like headphones, like look at the tires. Then finally looked down at the tires. Mm. But um, anyways, Val Van Art looking, they, they, uh, you know, kind of resplendent. They showed us two Nerds' okay. tires and they showed us Wout's tires. And I, I think at the end of the day, those are the only ones we needed to see. Yeah, yeah. but I still wanted to see more than just uh. those two. And two Nerds takes the win over Valt Van Art and Michael Van Turnout in third place. Um, and then a uh, solid 16th place for Matthew Boulot of France. Now, I was a little, you know, at first, I'm not as tuned to the uh, the game as, as you guys are um, with all my travel. I was like, where is Stephen Hyde? Like, he should be in the first two rows. And then be. I, um, right away, Tim Johnson. Tim Johnson gives the uh, news on the coverage that uh, he's actually uh, out for a while because he broke his sternum. Yeah. At a... Yeah. Uh, at a Planet Bike Cup the previous week, so in Madison, so that's very unfortunate, and I was really bummed to hear that. But once again, it was a Belgium Netherlands uh, show with the top thirteenth places represented by those two countries. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> bit of a stranglehold on the sport. Totally. Yes, and that stranglehold continues. But uh, it came down to um, the course once again. I mean. For people that have never been out there, this course is hard. It is difficult. Mm-hmm. There's a ridiculous climb that they go up three times. There are some crazy descents down the climbs, off cambers. I saw um, Lars Vanderhaar lose about five spots on one time down the descent when he was trying to run it while others were riding it. Um, crazy, uh, crazy course. But um, the big takeaway for me is about Van Art. I mean, he just like, oh, did he almost like face plant. Did he go off the over endo? Or did he just kind of have to ditch off the bike on the uh, the big off camber into Mount Crumpet? 
I I didn't know if he hit his. That's yeah. That's where the separation happened. I think he just um, planted himself on the top tube uh, a okay. little bit there, and uh, maybe lost the wind Should... for a few pedal strokes. He shouldn't have taken a taken a tip from Chris Horner circa <laughs> 2011 on the start line and just have a bunch of foam on your top tube and your stem, yeah. and just because you maybe not the best. The um, top American, 21st place to Gage Hecht, who is actually in the uh, kind of up front for a little while there. The first uh, two laps, you could see he was in the uh, around the top 13, 14 position. So pretty cool to see. Overall, I thought the coverage once again good. So congratulations to Tunart, two for two. Is he going to win the World Cup overall in cyclocross? Uh, that's hard to say because at some point, Vanderbilt. Yeah. I don't know what what's Vanderpool doing. He's actually he taking a break because he's not a robot. <laughs> what? what? Really? Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I don't know. I mean, Vanderpool could literally come back and win the rest of them. Yeah. And tune 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 is looking very good, and Wout uh, looks like it's early season. You know what I mean? But he's still obviously better than the rest of the field. I think Tune is playing it pretty smart, knowing you know he probably looked at at how things were shaking out and was like, ah, oh, you know what? Vanderpool's not going to be here uh, for a couple weeks for sure. And Wout probably is focused on the end of the season. So I, sh- I should shoot my shot now. And uh, he was certainly yeah. ready for it and went for it. Uh, and got two wins uh, early on. So good for him. And Cyclocross is continuing across the board. So very excited for the upcoming season. Um, man. I'm looking forward to it, especially if Tune can hold on. It'd be pretty cool. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe Kevin Powell's guys come out just, of nowhere and just start. Is, uh, Tim, would you say the way 10. Tune is riding is like you know music to your ears? All yes. right, that's what I thought. Maybe you were getting at. Yeah. So it's gonna be. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna get stuck in my head. Now. Ah. So um, I I want to end the podcast. With a quick uh, shout out, we we like we like the strange things on the show, right? We we like uh, Klein bicycles. We like all different types of goofiness, and we it behooves us. We need to give the shout out to Denise Mueller Kornick, forty five year old American who rode her bike one hundred and eighty three point nine miles per hour to break the world record in speed. That is insane. It's very much um, insane. There's some good videos on YouTube of the whole setup. Uh, the toe, the I mean, it's basically a really high speed Kieran that goes forever, and mm-hmm. she's basically placed behind like a a dragster, I guess, like with a giant fairing. Yeah, and it's pretty cool. Um, Spencer, yeah. when are you going to take on the world speed record challenge? Uh... On a bicycle? Yes. I'm gonna have to get back to you on that. Uh my my plans take your schedule. We're we're we've got a long view right now. We're doing the research. I've got a I've got a team um kind of crunching the numbers to see what we can do. Um because her setup was pretty uh pretty airtight and um you know whether I just have to literally add another Literally. cog on the chain ring uh, and just keep the same cadence and go another, you know, hundred feet or something. That might be how I have to do it. But, um, yeah. I mean, her bike was insane. Yeah. 
Do you think you could put together a bike like that? I know a little guy could. He's probably already got all the parts from like a washing machine or something. But whereas like you and That's I, Spencer, goofy. like nah, I'd be in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> so the um, I guess the fastest I've ever gone on a bike. This is where I want to end. The, the, the fastest I've ever gone on a bike is maybe 40 miles an hour. Maybe. <laughs> Tim. And you guys know me descending. You haven't gone I think faster I, than that. You've right? definitely gone faster I think, than that. I don't know. Like in a car, I don't remember that. Like, remember that guys, team ride? I am pretty slow going down. You are hill, very. I, no, I remember I, that. T- <laughs> yeah, but I straight. get the speed wobbles at twenty eight miles I think, an hour. I think. I'm like, Whoa, I think breaks. Tim, your your top speed did definitely did not like most people. It did not come on a downhill. You know what I mean? I think your top speed probably came during your uh, two thousand six uh, six Cat Three State Kieran Championship in Minnesota. Um, Maybe behind be. the moto, like when yeah, I was yeah, coming. Probably hit forty something miles an hour then but in the sprint, for sure. I was thinking Tim's top speed was that uh, we went on a team ride years ago, and there was you, me, Spencer, Tim, a couple of us, and there was a descent where there was a couple turns, and we dropped Tim on the turns, and we of course looked at each other and said, "Well, let's let's drop him for oh, real." Oh yeah, and we we like we got in a pace line, and Tim <laughs> caught back on on the flat, like the straight part into the flat afterwards. So maybe that could have been his fastest speed because he caught like five of us there. I mean, how fast have you ever gone, little guy? Uh, I don't know. I've done, I often don't have a computer on, but I'm I'm sure I, I've gone fast. I, I used to have a computer and I've definitely gone 40 on like hills around here. And when, I, when I've been in like the mountains, like when I was in Utah with Spencer or when I was in... Yeah. Probably when I was descending in in Mount Lemon in Tucson, that was probably when I went the fastest. That definitely felt way faster than anything I've done around here, and I was definitely holding back because I was all alone, <laughs> and I probably didn't even have a cell phone with me. And if I would have messed up, it would have been bad news. Yeah. But I was, you know, and it was like, but it still was so, just crazy fast. So would you say fifty miles an hour? Like maybe that was your at least your feel? Yeah, okay. yeah, something uh, like that. Spencer, kind of the same. Yeah, range? I think fifty. Point one or right. point two is the top okay. for me. And then, so multiply that by like three and a half, and you're just getting to the speed that she was at. Like yeah. to quantify that to me, like I would the speed wobbles would have to be insane. I know she's behind like a fairing, and yeah. you know, well, if she got kind of- out of that fairing, the thing, the crazy thing was like if she got out of that bubble she was in, she would yeah. get crazy speed wobbles, and she would just crash. Like there was like yeah. no way to not just crash and the attachment so she, that she had on the front of the bike to like yeah, she like couldn't lose the wheel that it's a yeah. whole new meaning like it's not like you're just gonna get dropped you lose the wheel you're gonna crash at 150 miles an hour or something this is insane like take take a look at this like just google it npr did a big story on it wall street journal i mean this thing's all over it's it's yeah. worth it and she deserves a lot of credit for this and uh that's yep. crazy you know wow anyways it's good with that, um, I would like to thank all the listeners of the Wide Angle Podium Network and the supporters. Head to WideAnglePodium.com to find out more. You can also head over to um, WideAnglePodium.com to order your Grimper Brothers Full Schleck Blend Coffee. Or you can just go to bit.ly slash WAPBeans. I'd like to thank BK1 of Rhymesters Entertainment for the intro and outro music. And this is Tim the 2018 Schwamigan winner <laughs> asterisk <laughs> in Orlando, Florida. This is Matt 
uh, Daddy Shark wants a baby shark. Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, and this is Spencer. No nicknames. How in Boston, Massachusetts. Reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. Baby Shark. So you know the Baby Shark song, right? I don't know the Baby Shark song. Uh, the baby first verse is shark 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 baby shark 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 Daddy shark 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 or you so, do it like this. You go, Michael Woods, 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 Michael Woods, 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 Michael Woods, 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 mm-hmm. Rusty Woods. I see. Like that. So, it works for anything. So can you do something about Vincenzo Nibali being a shark? Yeah, Vincenzo Nibali's a shark, 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 shark. Vincenzo's a shark, 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 shark. He's the shark, 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 shark of Messina, I think. Vincenzo, shark, 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 shark. I'm into it.